0: Chapter 8 of Helen Lester. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 8. For Jesus' Sake. Helen Lester by Pansy. Look out, Louise! There, hang it! You've set him right straight over my lemon tree! and fred bounded across the lawn where he and louise had been having a frolic sending the great newfoundland dog on endless errands across the little brook after sticks and stones but louise had thrown her last stone in such a manner that neptune thought the only possible way to get at it was by jumping over a small lemon tree which was fred's special pride and glory he ran hastily to see if the dog had hurt his treasure but as he did so louise gave a shriek for at that moment the bird cage which hung on a low branch of one of the willow trees came tumbling to the ground helen's bird she had hung it out there not an hour before and stood smiling to see how pretty it looked hopping about and singing among the green branches and now fred had knocked it to the ground as he ran toward his tree poor beauty He is quite, quite dead, said Louise, lifting the cage from the ground. See, Fred, he must have had his little head between the wires. Oh, my, said Fred, it's too bad. I'm as sorry as can be. But what in sixty did she want to hang it out there for? She might have known it would get knocked down. Would there be a time, though, when she finds out? My, she'll storm like two whirlwinds. It gives me the shivers to think of it. Just at that moment, Helen appeared. She had just come from a ride with Cleveland and ran around to the lawn to see what they were doing. What are you playing? She asked. Louise, what's that you're holding in your hand? Why, there's... Oh, oh, beauty! My beauty! Who did it? Who killed him? I did, said Fred bluntly. I didn't see him, and I knocked the cage down. Only for a moment, Helen's eyes flashed angrily she wanted to call him a wicked careless boy to say that he did it on purpose just to be bad and a great many other things that little girls are apt to say when they are angry but she had been learning a better way lately so she took her poor dead pet in hand and smoothed his yellow feathers as she said to her brother while her eyes were full of tears fred i know you didn't mean to then she turned and ran swiftly away carrying her bird with her Louise followed, with the cage in her hand, and Fred went upstairs to his own room, closed the door, and began to walk up and down the room. "'It's strange. It's wonderful,' he said, at last. "'How different she is! Why, six months ago, bless me, yes, three months ago, she would have acted like a tiger. Now, if religion can make a girl with such a furious temper as she used to have act as she has to-day—' "'Why, then, I'm thinking, Fred Luster, that you ought to have it.' I'm a fool, that's what I am, and have been all my life. Every word Cleveland said to me that Sabbath evening was true, every word of it. I know it, I knew it then, and here I've been going on the same old way. Now, what's the use in a fellow being such a dunce? What's right is right, and... Fred stopped short and listened. His room was next to Helen's. The windows of both were open. He heard her voice. It was broken by sobs, but the summer wind floated in every word distinctly from her window to his. Help me to feel gentle and kind and make my brother a Christian for Jesus' sake. A tear slowly rolled down Fred's cheek. She was praying for him, praying that he might become a Christian, and never in his life had he prayed for himself. And then and there, Fred resolved that he would begin to pray. I say, Helen began fred as he found the little girl in the garden that evening covering one of her choice flowers to shield it from the autumn frost see here will you i want to ask you something helen turned from her flowers and walked along the path with him i just thought i would like to know nell why you didn't tear around and get in a rage today as you used to when anything happened fred said helen gently i'm not trying to get in a rage about things any more I see you are, and I'd give something to know how you manage. Oh, I don't manage. I don't do it myself at all. I I just ask Jesus to help me, and he does. But I don't understand all that. How do you know he helps you? Why, Fred, if you had tried and tried a great many times not to do a thing, and all the while kept doing it, and somebody should promise to help you if you asked him, and after that if You got along a great deal better. Wouldn't you know he had kept his promise? Why, yes, said Fred. I suppose so. Is that the way you've done? Yes, it is. I can't tell you how many hundred resolutions I've made and broken. And I do now, sometimes. But then I go right to Jesus and tell him all about it, and he helps me to begin again. Well, said Fred, this time speaking very slowly and decidedly, I should think, if there was any help to be had, I needed it about as bad as anyone, and, you see, I'm going to begin again, too. I'm going to try to be a Christian, and now I want you to help me. Oh, Fred, dear Fred, I'm so very glad. I have wanted it so much. But then, you see, continued Fred, kicking a stone out of his way, kicking it as if he did not know exactly how to say what he wanted to, and only did that to give himself time i don't know exactly where to begin nor how it's different with girls somehow but then we boys are so full of fun and it seems to me we are forever doing something wrong it seems as if a feller couldn't live a day without having to cut up some prank or else get laughed at i suppose i oughtn't to mind being laughed at but then i do and that's the long and short of it cleveland told me one night right out straight and plain that i was a coward he was the first person who ever told me so but it's as true as can be. Oh, Fred, you must tell Cleveland there is no one who can help you as well as he can. Helen felt an arm around her then and her brother's voice asked gently, Has my little Nellie forgotten the friend who sticketh closer than a brother? By the way, Fred, he added, I heard part of your last remark as I was passing up the walk and I thought I would come and explain what I said to you one evening don't suppose i called you or anyone a coward for not liking to be laughed at nobody likes that that i know of the idea is this suppose such a thing were possible our house burns down to-night you are in your room you are lost because you could not escape if you would but because you would not for fear the boys would laugh at you and say you are afraid of fire what should you think of yourself under such circumstances I should say I'd get out of the window pretty quick if all the boys in creation were to laugh at me. Then take my meaning. Isn't it cowardly to mind a laugh when the road we want to take is not only the most sensible, but the only safe one to take? But then, said Fred meditatively, going back to the fancy of the burning house, boys wouldn't laugh at a fellow for getting out of a fire. No, and that shows their folly more plainly than anything else. A boy would be thought insane who would laugh at another for trying to save his life, or to save himself from being hurt in any way, but because one wants to save his soul, wants to act like a creature who is to live. Forever, somewhere, and can be happy or wretched, just as he pleases, then some are ready to laugh. Is such folly as this worth minding, Fred? No, said Fred decidedly. No, it isn't. And... Just then Helen ran away and left her brothers together in the starlight. End of chapter eight. Recording by Lily.